Coming up, a swoony New Year's Eve story. A murder mystery for young adults. Plus, our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. I'm going backlist today. Yeah? Hmm. What do you got? It's a novel by Bridget Brophy. She was a British writer born in 1929. She lived until 1995. Her writing is really accessible. Yeah. But she was very concerned with social reform, author's rights, and the rights of animals. Okay. And she wove all of that into seven novels and tons of nonfiction. One of her nonfiction titles is a psychoanalytic study of Mozart's five most famous operas. Huh. Yeah. So she's looking at the internal stories of the Mozart operas? I believe that's the case. Okay. And that brings me to the book I'm recommending. It is not that one. The book I'm recommending is The Snowball, which does include plenty of references to Mozart. This is a lush, dreamy novel set at a masquerade ball on New Year's Eve in London. Outside the Georgian mansion, snow is gently falling. Inside, the guests are wearing 18th century costumes. So think fake moles, heaving bosoms, powdered wigs, and all kinds of mischief. All right. The heroine is Anna. She's dressed as Dona Anna, the noble daughter from Mozart's opera Don Giovanni. And to her surprise, there's also a mysterious masked man wearing a Don Giovanni costume. He is committed to seducing her, and they flirt all through the party. If you're into intelligent people getting turned on by clever conversations, this is the book for you. There's a lot of talk, smart talk, but there are also lots of little sexy bits. Flushed cheeks, meaningful glances, whispered conversations that tickle the back of your neck. It's all provocative, but not graphic. And some of it is really funny. Like, this is the New Year's Eve party of my dreams. But when the morning arrives in the book, there's a shocking, bittersweet ending to that magical night. What happens? Well, I can't tell you. <laughs> you have to read the book to find out. Okay. This book was a sensation when it was published in 1964. It was re-released last year in print and audio. I loved the audiobook narration. The language of the writing is really beautiful, so it's also nice to follow along on the page. That's The Snowball by Bridget Brophy. I also want to mention something completely different. Okay. If thrillers are more your style, The Hunting Lodge by Lucy Foley is an excellent New Year's Eve read. Here's the setup. Every December 31st, 9.30-somethings from Oxford take a trip together to celebrate the new year. This time, they're vacationing at an isolated hunting lodge in Scotland. What could possibly go wrong? The answer to that? <laughs> Everything! Yeah. That's The Hunting Lodge by Lucy Foley. Let's talk about Maureen Johnson. Oh, Maureen Johnson. Yeah, I love Maureen Johnson. I've, I don't know her, but I also have a lot of affection for her. Yeah, same. I have been following her on Twitter for years, mostly because she's funny, but also because she's a fighter. And as far as I'm concerned, her, her heart's in the right place. Yeah, she's very funny, but she also seems quite kind. Yeah. She primarily writes young adult fiction, but that doesn't stop her from getting a little murdery. Her latest book is Nine Liars. It's a standalone book, but it features the heroes she's written about before, kind of like Agatha Christie's Poirot novels. 
Stevie Bell is the name of the detective. She's a student at a boarding school in Vermont. She's a true crime fan. And at this point in the series, she's closed a couple of cold case mysteries. In this book, Stevie's a senior. She goes on a trip to England. A friend there introduces her to an unsolved double murder that happened 25 years ago. Nice. Yeah. That's such a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> they know what you like mm-hmm. and, they, and they lead you there. Back then, nine friends from Cambridge were having a day at a country house. They decided to have an epic drunken game of hide and seek. <laughs> that seems like a colossally bad idea. <laughs> and it was all fun until two of them were found in the woodshed murdered with an axe. Mm-hmm. The flap copy says seven suspects, two murders, one killer still playing a deadly game. <laughs> the reviews promise a book with surprising twists, some funny dialogue, a bit of horror, lots of page turning suspense and a strong sense of England. It's Nine Liars from Maureen Johnson, and it's new this week. And now our distraction of the week. If you are listening to this on the day we released it, we are within sight of the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Crack open that champagne. And we wanted to do something to recognize that. So we picked out a few poems for the new year, and we're going to read them to you. Here are three poems to get your year off in the right direction. I'm starting with a poem by Kim Adonisio. It's from her book, Tell Me, which is described as poems of loneliness and late nights, liquor and loss. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like a country song. I was thinking Tom Waits. Yeah. Yeah. She is a prolific writer. Poetry collections, novels, short stories, two books on how to write poetry, and CDs that combine poetry and music, including one called Swearing, Smoking, Drinking, and Kissing. <laughs> She's got her niche, Carl. Old car drive for her. The photo on her website is fantastic. I will put a link in the show notes. She said, There are only two useful rules I can think of for aspiring writers. Learn your craft and persist. The rest, as Henry James said, is the madness of art. Here is her poem called New Year's Day. The rain this morning falls on the last of the snow and will wash it away. I can smell the grass again and the torn leaves being eased down into the mud. The few loves I've been allowed to keep are still sleeping on the West Coast. Here in Virginia, I walk across the fields with only a few young cows for company. Big-boned and shy, they're like the girls I remember from junior high, who never spoke, who kept their heads lowered and their arms crossed against their new breasts. Those girls are nearly 40 now. Like me, they must sometimes stand at a window late at night, looking out on a silent backyard at one rusting lawn chair and the sheer walls of other people's houses. They must lie down some afternoons and cry hard for whoever used to make them happiest and wonder how their lives have carried them this far without ever once explaining anything. I don't know why I'm walking out here with my coat darkening and my boots sinking in, coming up with a mild sucking sound I like to hear. I don't care where those girls are now. Whatever they've made of it, they can have. Today, I want to resolve nothing. I only want to walk a little longer in the cold blessing of the rain and lift my face to it. That was really nice. She knows her way around to turn a phrase. She does, yeah. 
So this is a poem from Maggie Smith. She's an American poet who, who lives in a suburb outside of Columbus, Ohio. She has been published in the Paris Review and the New Yorker and the Washington Post and a bunch of other places. She's got a memoir coming out in 2023. It's called You Could Make This Place Beautiful. Oh, that's a nice title. Yeah. This is her poem called Rain, New Year's Eve. The rain is a broken piano playing the same note over and over. My five-year-old said that. Already she knows loving the world means loving the wobbles you can't shim, the creaks you can't oil silent, the jerry-rigged parts MacGyvered with twine and chewing gum. Let me love the cold rains plinking. Let me love the world the way I love my young son, not only when he cups my face in his sticky hands, but when, roughhousing, he accidentally splits my lip. Let me love the world like a mother. Let me be tender when it lets me down. Let me listen to the rain's one note and hear a beginner's song. I want to read one more short poem that represents the energy I want to take into 2023. It's by Nikita Gill. I talked about her in a previous episode of The Library of Lost Time. I recommended her collection, These Words Are Mine. I stand by that. Get your hands on it. It's great. She's a British Indian poet, playwright, writer, and illustrator. And I just think she's brilliant. Here's her poem called 93% Stardust, which she dedicated to Carl Sagan because she said he gave her hope as a child. Here we go. We have calcium in our bones, iron in our veins, carbon in our souls, and nitrogen in our brains. 93% stardust with souls made of flames. We are all just stars that have people names. As we close out 2022, we want to say thanks. Thanks for being a part of our year and thanks for hanging out with us. And we hope you have a lovely, lovely new year. Happy 2023, friends. Happy 2023. Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for links to more about the poets we talked about and the books we recommended. Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon.